Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Country Times and Carolina Rhymes is the title of a new book by Pastor Mel Waters. He's here to talk about overcoming adversity, forgiveness, even overcoming racism in the South. You're gonna love this interview with Pastor Mel. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we normally like to report the news, discern the spirits, and pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. But on today's show, we have an author that I have known, uh, he's a local pastor in Colorado Springs for uh, 25 years. Pastor Mel Waters has written this new book, Country Times and Carolina Rhymes. Welcome to the studio, Pastor Mel Waters. How are you today, sir? Bless you, brother, doing super. It's so great to see you. Uh, God bless you and Betsy and your sons, Matthew and Mark. Uh, and I, how did we get to know each other? Years ago, you were a small group leader for us and yep. uh, just a wonderful time. And I thank God for what he's done through your wonderful ministry here. Well, thank you. Uh, we also served in the Air Force together way back before I was a Navy chaplain. Uh, you retired as a major and then for gosh, 25 years now, you've been associate pastor at a local church. Uh, you, you do more preaching and more funerals than, than probably the rest of the city combined. It's, it's hard work, uh, but, but adding a little levity to this, right? You, you wrote, wrote this new book, Country Times and Carolina Rhymes. It's sort of a spiritual look at your own distant past growing up in North Carolina. Yes, I grew up in a little town called Kinston, North Carolina, K-I-N-S-T-O-N, like your next of kin. And we were farmers, we did corn, tobacco, and soybeans. And uh, this book is about uh, those times from 1952 to 1970, a school there called Woodington High School, way out on Highway 258, yes. and the adventures that we had growing up in the South during those years. So in the 1950s, I can imagine, uh, Maybe I can't imagine. You're, you're gonna tell me some stories here about how you grew up in a segregated neighborhood and, and tell me about your experience. Yes, a segregated neighborhood. For example, as we were talking beforehand, um, <laughs> the courthouse had a public bathroom, colored and white, and uh, water fountains, colored and white. And I was telling you, my mom used to get mad at my brother and myself because we wanted to see how that white water tasted. You know, you know, you laugh about that, but I'm I'm a little bit horrified at at our uh, racist history in America. But but you seem to have overcome that kind of uh, uh, oppression. Really well, as we were sharing, the Second Corinthians five seventeen says, "Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away; behold, all things are become new." And I came to Christ in uh, 1979. Uh, at Tyndall Air Force Base, interestingly enough, I was at church trying to meet girls and this Baptist preacher told me about this guy named Jesus. And I remember thinking, I don't wanna know about him unless he's got a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, eventually you married Betsy, who, who yeah. happens to be white, yeah. and, and, and you have an integrated family. Your, your sons are beautiful. Um, um, how did coming to Jesus change your perspective on what you experienced? 
Well, coming to Jesus and also being in the military, the military put you in a situation where you have to work with people from different cultures. So I, had, I didn't have any choice of being prejudiced because I had people working for me that were white, and I worked for people that were white, and so we had to get along to accomplish the mission. Yeah. The mission was more important than our culture. Well, you're absolutely right. Uh, there's no room for uh, racism in the military. I, I learned that. I, I hired uh, black sergeants. I, I obeyed black commanders, and everybody got the mission done. Uh, but your book is about your upbringing. Before you were in the military, before you came to Jesus, you had some amazing experiences. Yes, <laughs> that would be one way to put it. <laughs> one, one thing about it, our culture during, in North Carolina during those years was built around the church. In other words, the church, I believe that the black church was the womb of black leadership. It's in the black church that I learned to publicly speak. It's in the black church that we learned to hold meetings and, and, and different forums on different topics. And, and you sought out uh, the people in your community who mentored you because they were educated. Yes, our teachers had college degrees. Not too many people, as I was saying, uh, my mom and dad did not graduate from high school. My, I think my dad didn't get past the third grade, but he was one of the most brilliant men I ever met. And my mom didn't get past the eighth grade. Yet they wanted us to have a better life by getting an, ed an education because they saw education as our salvation. Education is in many ways the magic bullet that, that pulls any people of any class out of poverty because then they can provide for themselves instead of depending. Excellent point. I'm the first person in my, in my family to graduate from college. It yeah. took seven years of night school, but I did wow. it because of the fact that my mom made me promise her that I would finish college. Well, before we uh, go to break here, I just wanna uh, open up this book, uh, Country Times and Carolina Rhymes, uh, and I wanna ask you about a couple of these stories here. There's one called uh, hog killing time, that sounds like an old uh, <laughs> tradition. That, that, that basically it was a tradition. What we would do is each person would raise so many hogs. However, when it came hog killing time, all the families in the neighborhood would come together and help us to process the meat. Yeah. And then when it came their turn to kill hogs, we would get together and go over there and help them because we had what were called smoke houses where we would hang the meat and we would keep it because of the fact that I didn't know what a supermarket was until I was six years old. Wow. Be because we, every, pretty much everything we had, we raised, if we didn't, we didn't, it didn't kill us, we killed it in terms of food. Yeah, uh, it, and back in the 50s, the, the KKK was still active in, in North Carolina. Well, that's one way to put it. They were very active. In fact, uh, I tell you the story real funny, real quick. I worked for a guy, great guy, he's a white gentleman, and uh, I just found out three years ago that after he took me home from work about four o'clock in the afternoon, he'd have Klan rallies in the same fields that I worked in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so you were a farmer in his fields. Yes. And he didn't want you there after dark for your own safety. And I'm glad he didn't want me there yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible, I'm sorry. Uh, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, I'm gonna ask Mel Waters how the Bible and how Jesus helped him overcome this kind of uh, oppression after this. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Are you frustrated by recent events in American politics? Do you wish you had the power to change things? Well, now you do. Don't say I'm only one person, I can't make a difference because we can teach one person with a little bit of political knowledge how to take back their country and make a real difference. 
when you get the book, How to Liberate the World, A Step-by-Step -step Guide to Take Back Your Country. I wrote this book on personal experience having helped change bad laws or policies in, 30, in 13 states and won my own office in my own election for a legislature. I teach you how to use these political tools the same way that the left has been using for years. We now offer to Christians to use the right way to expand God's kingdom. There's a prayer after every chapter. And in the book, How to Liberate the World, we teach you how to write a petition and get a thousand people to sign your petition. How to organize a rally and get a thousand people to march with you. How to write a press release and get your story in the newspapers. How to do fundraising for your cause or your organization. That chapter alone is worth the price of the book. And finally, how to run for office and win. These things are all in How to Liberate the World. And just to prove to you they really work, we're gonna throw in this DVD activist Christian set uh, this is a $30 value, we're giving it to you half for half price. $15 for this, $15 for this. Normally, the two together would be $45. We're gonna give it to you for $30 suggested donation when you call us today at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D, or visit the website, PrayInJesusName.org. Click on the online bookstore, but for free shipping, you gotta call us now, 866-Obey-God. You can take back your country. We will give you the tools so you're not frustrated anymore. You will have power through prayer, through the Holy Ghost, through God to take back your country. Call today. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Pastor Mel Waters, who's written this book, uh, Country Times and Carolina Rhymes. Uh, there's a chapter in here called, I Remember Dad. My dad, my stepdad, actually, his name was Henry Judge. He played lead guitar in our church, and we attended Judge Tabernacle Holiness Church. Everybody shouting and nobody doubting. <laughs> I love that. There's another chapter in here about uh, the Judge Town Guitar Man. He was the lead guitar man, so he played, I don't know if you've ever heard of this brand name, a Gibson guitar. Yeah. Yep, he played Gibson guitar, and our church, <laughs> real funny story, was right across the road from the cemetery. So it was kind of exciting going to church at night because, you know, because everybody was afraid of the cemetery. But what my dad did too, Gordon, you were talking about the KKK. Yeah. During the summer, back in those days, remember in Alabama, they blew up a black church and killed a bunch of young teenage girls there. My dad would take his shotgun and go down and guard the church. Really? He, would, he would take the nine to midnight shift. Another deacon would take midnight to 3 a.m. And another, like the four watches of the night in the Bible, and another deacon would take 3 a.m. to till sunrise. Really? And that's the only thing that kept us. When we had church, you won't believe this, the pre-mission brief for church was if a bomb came through the window, how to get out the back door. <laughs> oh my gosh, because there was arson back in that, in that day. Well they, were, well, they were domestic terrorists is what I call them. Yeah. And, and most of those old churches were, were wood, and they would uh, burn just like that. I mean, they were real tender. What did your dad teach you? How did you respond to that? My dad taught me the best economics lesson possible. I got my undergrad degree in economics. He taught me that to, to have a successful business, you must be able to meet, to provide a good or a service that people can legally pay for. Okay, provide goods and services. So, give, give an example. Yeah. My dad determined that back in the 50, 50s and 60s, people still burned wood in their homes. Yeah. So there was a wood mill called Willis Hines and they, would, they built furniture, but they would have eight foot slabs of wood that they would throw out 
my dad went out and said, can I have them? And they said, for what? They're nothing but scrap. He said, I'll take them. And we would, during the summer, pack up our pickup truck with the racks on the side. And he bought an old Alice Chalmers tractor and uh, hooked it up to the saw that he bought. And we cut wood and we would sell wood at $4 a truckload. We made literally hundreds of dollars a month because he determined a need that yeah. he could supply. He paid $2 for a whole truckload of, of slabs, yeah. but then we would cut it into pieces about maybe a foot and a half long that people would burn. And there was a market for that. So the, the entrepreneurial spirit uh, was born out of necessity. He had to feed his family. That is exactly right. In fact, not only feed his family, but he owned a lot, we owned eight rental houses. A lot of folks talk about growing up in the black community and poverty. We weren't poor. I, I tell the joke, I didn't know I was poor until somebody told me. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so what we would do is we would uh, cut all that wood, then we would uh, take the money from that, buy extra uh, inventory, and my dad would buy, we had a 98 Oldsmobile, we, had, we, we were well to do as far as people were concerned, and my dad hated debt. So if he bought a car, yeah. he would save the money and pay cash for it paid cash for his cars. There's a chapter in here about uh, sharecroppers. What, what is share, that? Sharecroppers lament. I worked for uh, my uncle, Louis Stiles, great guy. He was a sharecropper. The guy was brilliant, but he always worked for other people. And the problem was you never got ahead. You always owed, ended up, in, in many cases, owing money. Yeah. He was a brilliant farmer, but he didn't know economics like my dad did. Okay, so don't borrow money if you can if you can help it. Some people have to sometimes. The Bible says what the borrower becomes the lender's slave. Yeah. So borrowing, in a sense, is second generation slavery. Oh, that's that's amazing. Um, what did your mother teach you in those times? My mom taught me to love God, even though I. Here's the deal. My mom, bless her heart, she taught me to love God, but I wasn't interested. I wanted the bright lights and country music. Okay. <laughs> and uh, my mom's prayers actually saved my life. My mom told me that there was power in the name of Jesus, and I thought, ah, okay, mom, that sounds good. But years later, I was uh, an air crew member on a C-141 aircraft yeah. uh, flying into Southeast Asia. During a takeoff roll, the pilots lost control one mission of the airplane, and we almost went into the ocean. We had one guy on the crew who was a Christian, and he yelled, instead of yelling reject, which is what you yelled to stop the airplane, yeah. he yelled, Lord Jesus, help us. And it was as if a hand came up out of, the, out of the runway and stopped the airplane. What? And then the words came back to me that my mom told me years, later, years earlier that there's power in the name of Jesus. Power to stop an airplane from crashing. It, it, we weighed 325,000 pounds of people, cargo, and aluminum, and, and it stopped that airplane. Wow. In fact, about a year or so later, I came to Christ. That saved your life. Yeah, a uh, lot of people's lives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so tell me a, a little bit about overcoming the adversity because you said coming to Jesus uh, not only empowered your, uh, your career, your, your family, your ability to, to forgive those who had been oppressing your family in the early days. Yeah, it did because what happened, but, but there's, here's, a, here's a kind of a twisted portion to that. Okay. Coming to Jesus did that to me but then there was a, something that happened in my family that showed me how the power of holding bitterness. Here's what happened. Yeah. As you know, my wife is white. 
Okay, when I, I after I came to Christ, years later, I met her. And uh, I sent my mom a picture of her. My mom's church lady wears the big hats, you know, goes to church and all yeah. like that. Well, when she got that picture, something triggered in her. Because when she was 14 years old, she had to quit school and wash clothes so the white kids could go to school. So when she got a picture of my wife, something happened that she just kind of snapped. Oh no! Mom had to go in for counseling to her pastor because they used that verse, beat out unequally yoked back in the South to say whites shouldn't marry blacks. Well, obviously we know that has to do with believers and non-believers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so mom went in for counseling and the pastor told her, he said, if he married a black woman, that wasn't a Christian, that would be unequally yoked. But if this young lady he's marrying knows the Lord, that's all God cares about. So the Bible is not talking about, uh, it's not forbidding biracial marriages, it's forbidding marriage between believers and unbelievers. Believers and unbelievers, that's exactly right. So I, I, I jokingly call it a jack-in-the-box demon that she had problems with. She had suppressed that thing since she was 14 years old. And so, but the happy ending of it is this. I remember the day that I took my wife home and my wife handed my mom her first grandchild. From then on, I think my mom loved her more than she loved me. Oh, that's <laughs> beautiful. That's beautiful. But but your mother's Christian faith helped her uh, rethink that or did that, was that just a lesson for you? Well, here's the deal. The problem back there is the Christian faith was mixed, kind of mixed up with culture. And so what happened was she actually believed that that was a sin for a black person to marry a white person because that's what she'd been taught all her life. Yeah. But then when her pastor said, no, that verse has to do with believers and non-believers, and she had a better understanding of it, that uh, it came to the point that she was more accepting. So, so biblical teaching helps both white people and black people get rid of their own internal prejudice. That's exactly right. Prejudice is, is interesting. Prejudice is horrible unless it is basically washed and covered in the blood of Jesus. Oh, that you couldn't have said it better. Let me take another short break. When we come back, Pastor Mill will teach you uh, out of Country Times and Carolina Rhymes how you can overcome uh, oppression in your own life through the power of Jesus' name. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today, I wanna to invite you to sign a critical petition to defend innocent babies and to end abortion in America. On this show, we like to pray and petition God, but we also need you to take action today by petitioning Congress to stop the taxpayer-funded child killing, especially by defunding Planned Parenthood, America's number one abortion provider. Why are your taxes paying to murder innocent children in the womb? Well, if Congress would simply define personhood as life beginning at conception, we can reverse Roe versus Wade. Please join me today by signing this important petition to Congress. Visit PrayInJesusName.org Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign your petition today. Sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. I'm Dr. Chaps. We're offering a flash sale on all of our teaching products when you visit PrayInJesusName.org. Click on the online bookstore and all of our products are now 50% off while supplies last this month only. But in addition to that, we're offering a spiritual growth pack with four of our best DVDs in one package, starting with 
how to have an effective prayer life, how to have an excellent marriage, real Christianity in an unreal world with Vince Dacchioli, and how to become an effective Christian activist. You can grow in your spiritual life with all four of these DVD products, normally $30 each. That's $120 value for half price, for just $60 and we'll throw in the shipping. So call us right now at 866-Obey-God and say, I want the spiritual growth pack. I want those four DVDs for just $60. Call us right now for this special offer at 866-Obey-God. Stay tuned for the end of our show to learn how to partner with this ministry. Here's Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. One more segment with Pastor Mel Waters. His email, if you wanna contact him, get a copy of this book is mel at melwaters.com. That's mel at melwaters.com. Uh, Pastor Mel, how can people get a copy of this book? Amazon.com. Okay. It's on Amazon. Uh, I, I self-published this and go to amazon.com, type in my name, Melvin Waters or Mel Waters, uh, or the name of the book, Country Times and Carolina Rhymes, and it'll tell you how to get that. Uh, Gordon, we were talking a minute ago. What I'd like to do before we close today yeah. is read two of the passages and talk about them, and it kind of segues into what we've been talking about all, all day. So the first one is, I remember dad. I remember dad. My stepdad, Henry Judge, he basically was an entrepreneur. He knew a lot, even though he didn't have a college education. He was a wonderful man. And here's how it goes. I remember dad. Back in the days of civil, a few civil rights, we endured many hot, sleepless nights. Church burnings and hangings, blood, guts, and gore. We couldn't do much other than lock the front door. While some cried and prayed, up north, others would run. Dad would go to his room to get his shotgun. On those summer nights at our church, he would stay to sit down and worship and keep evil at bay. In heaven, he now dwells, and in some way I see, even though dad is gone, he's still watching over me. And that's how I look at my dad. That's powerful. Now, what happened as a result of Christ coming into my life? And that's why I wrote No Room for Bitterness. No room for bitterness, for the lamb has won the fight. The prince of darkness vanquished by Christ Jesus, the light. Though many meant us harm, we no longer shall be mad. For by his wondrous grace, we can smile and then be glad. We can now all be brothers through his precious sacrifice. He gives us the ability to be gentle, kind, and nice. A new law yet our members, the highest from above. Not justice, but the greatest. That is the law of love. The, the law of love. The law of love. The Bible said the greatest of these is love. Love gives us the power to love our enemies and to forgive. And in a sense, to forgive ourselves. Yeah. I know a, a, a lot of my black friends that had problems, they had to forgive themselves for harboring bitterness. See, bitterness to me is like acid. It's great on a car battery, but it doesn't go well in styrofoam cups. Yeah, and you shouldn't drink it in your belly. You should not drink it in your, it will eat right through you. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, I wrote this years ago that bitter becomes better when you change the second letter. I replace by E and much better you will be. 
<laughs> Don't be bitter, be better. Don't be bitter, be better. <laughs> I think I followed that. Uh, you know, there, there's somebody out there who has suffered that injustice that you're talking about. And you've been a victim of injustice. I've been a victim of injustice and sometimes in my life. We're not gonna compare stories. I think you would win, uh, honestly. <laughs> but, but, but there are people out there who are hurting. Like, like you said, your mom was traumatized by that experience she had when she was 14 yes. and encountered racism for the first time. Can you minister to them and maybe uh, lead them in a word of prayer? I would love to that. Brothers and sisters, whether you're white, black, blue, blue, green, or yellow out there, I want you to know that because of what Jesus did, you no longer have to be a slave to this bitterness or a victim thereof. Jesus changed my life from the inside out, and he wants to do the same to you. It starts with something called salvation. As I was telling the story, um, I was at church at Tyndall Air Force Base, and this Baptist preacher told me about Jesus. I wasn't interested in him because unless he had a daughter, I was there for the wrong reasons. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ came down, suffered and died on the cross, but he didn't stay there. He rose again on the third day and he sits at the right hand of the Father right now, interceding for you and for me. And if you're passing by and just happen to be glancing on this, what you would think was by accident, it is no accident. God wanted you to hear this today that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, and that word believe means to totally rely upon, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And my prayer today is that whether you're blue, green, white, or whatever, that you would not look at people relative to, to color, but that you would recognize that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. If you're white and know Jesus, you are my brother. If you're black and know Jesus, you are my brother. And the reason for that is because Jesus, in Jesus Christ, we all become one new man. Now let me pray for you. Father, right now I pray in the name of Jesus that whoever's watching this, that you would convict them by your Holy Spirit if they don't know you, and that they would come to know you, that they would bow and ask you to come into their hearts and to save them and to walk your life out through them. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to hang out with Brother Chaps, and I ask that you'd bless this program and help it to continue to reach many more people with the precious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that at the end of this day or at the end of this night, whenever this per whoever's watching, that they would recognize, but most importantly, that they would receive Jesus Christ as Savior and walk with him, allowing him to be their Lord in the name of Jesus. And all God's children said, Amen. 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 Our guest has been Pastor Mel Waters. Mel at melwaters.com or get the book on Amazon. It's called Country Times and Carolina Rhymes by Pastor Mel Waters. Our website is prayinjesusname.org. Again, that's prayinjesusname.org. If you just prayed with that man, we want you to call us now at 866-Obey-God. That's our toll-free prayer line, 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Operators are standing by to pray with you or leave a message if it's the weekend or after hours, we'll get back to you. We wanna pray with you today. Call us at 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. I'm Dr. Chaps, I have two exciting announcements. For those of you who found us maybe one day a week, did you know we're on five days a week with in-depth analysis and Christian news reporting and we pray the news. Where else are you gonna see that? Here's the exciting news. We're now on Apple TV. We're on five days a week on this exciting new streaming platform, Apple TV. Maybe you've already found us on Roku or Amazon Fire, but Apple TV, look for PIJN News in the spirituality category. 
And here's my other, other breaking news. Did you know we're also on podcast? Well, what's a podcast? Well, you can listen to us five days a week on audio, maybe when you're working out at the gym or driving in your car. You can watch the video on your smartphone. Visit iTunes and look for PIJN News. We're also on 10 on-demand platforms. Visit PrayInJesusName.org to find them all. And did I mention it's absolutely free? Other people charge a fee, but ours is free. Subscribe today to PIJN News. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray in Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.